Welcome to Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff, where we interview newsmakers, storytellers, and all-around interesting people. Sit back, relax, uh, unless you're driving, and enjoy the show. Here's Jackson. Hello, hello, hello. I am Jackson Huff. This is Not in a Huff. Thanks so much for joining us today. Really good interview. I'm interviewing J.J. Ramberg. You might know her from MSNBC, from CNN. She was a producer on Dateline. Really, really interesting person. We're going to talk a little bit about her journey in journalism. Um, she's also an entrepreneur. She's started several companies. We're going to talk all about those. Good pods, good search, good shop. Um, really, really interesting concepts and something I hope that you do check out. Um, but I was really happy that she agreed to join me. Uh, I've, I've absolutely watched her on MSNBC. She's going to talk a little bit about how um, beginning her her entrepreneur journey um, during Hurricane Katrina with one of her businesses. Uh, it was a really great interview and uh, I hope uh, I hope you'll listen in and I think uh, there's a lot to learn for you know those who are interested in, in journalism and, and people's journey there and those who are interested in in how people um, get the the spark and the ideal in entrepreneurship so thanks so much for being here and uh, let's just start my interview with JJ Ramberg thanks so much JJ for joining us how are you I'm good good to talk to you absolutely so if you would let's just kind of get right to your your backstory what made you go from I guess entrepreneurship, which I know that runs in your family, to journalism and and kind of the stops in between. Yeah, and then back to entrepreneurship. So that's yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. I'm I'm just launched a new company now in the podcast space, Good Pods. Um, but yes, I've kind of ping ponged between business and journalism and business and journalism throughout my entire career. Um, somewhat opportunistically as, as things came up that I was interested in that I had the opportunity to be a part of. Yeah. Well, that's, that's really cool. I think it's cool to have two, two really big passions in, in, in both of those. So I guess what made you go from an English degree at, at Duke to the journalism field? I know you had stops at CNN and Dateline and then MSNBC, which we'll talk a little bit more in depth about, but I guess what, what started your passion with journalism? Do you want me to, should I tell the audience a little bit about kind of the overall so um, I can give you all a sense of who I am and what I'm doing? Absolutely. Uh, that, would, that would be great. Okay. Awesome. So I most recently, and then I'll go back to the journalism, um, I launched something called Good Pods, which is for um, people like us who love podcasts. So it's a new app where you can follow friends and influencers like you, Jackson. Um, or Kim Kardashian or Malcolm Gladwell, et cetera, and see what shows and particular episodes they're listening to. The idea being that it's really hard to discover new podcasts. And like I used to go for a run. Let's just say I had an hour allotted for the run. I'd spend 45 minutes trying to figure out what to listen to. Right now I go on Good Pods and see what my friends are listening to. So it's, it's amazing. Um, but part of the reason I started this, and this goes back to journalism, is um, I spent 13 years as a host of a show for MSNBC, and I worked for CNN before that. And one of the reasons I love journalism is, and you probably see this, Jackson, because of the interviews you do, is journalism gives you a way to just 
dive in and out of all these different worlds and get to like really submerge yourself into someone else's life. And I find with podcasts, you can do the same thing. You just need a guide, right? So now I go to like, you know, see what's on my friend Chad's feed to learn something about wellness and my friend Gordon's to find something about science. And so that's why I got really interested in this. Well, yeah, I, I completely understand that. Um, both, both things that you're saying, one, you know, just being able to, to dive into different areas. I don't know when each thing will post, but right before I was talking to you, I was, I was talking to a guy who had been to 130 countries and was talking all about travel. So it's really cool just to kind of live vicariously through other people. Um, and then I also agree that I spend half of my time just trying to figure out what podcast to listen to and, and you know, I would say a third of the time actually listening to anything. It's maddening, right? It's maddening. And so, yeah, that's why we started Good Pods. It, it cuts out all that time. So instead of having to, you know, text a friend or put something on Facebook, what are you listening to? Now you just go to your Good Pods feed. It's like picture Instagram, right? But your feed is podcasts that your friends are listening to which I think is a really cool idea. Yeah, I promise we'll, I want to get back to good pods and good everything that you've created because there was a <laughs> lot of, there was a lot of goods at, at one point. Um, but yeah, so I mean, what made you make the, the jump into, into journalism? Is it just, you, you knew, you know, kind of while you were at, at Duke that it was something that, that you had, you know, a passion for or what, what got your, your feet wet into that? Um. You know, it's funny, when I was younger, I had an idea of what job I wanted. And if I had explained it to you, it would have been a news producer. Um, but I didn't know what that was, right? I didn't know what that job was. So I didn't know that that's what a news producer did. Uh, and then when I got out of college, I had a temp job being the receptionist for NBC Nightly News. I was taking over for a woman who was being lent out to another department at NBC. And so I was just there for what was supposed to be a few weeks and she never came back and I ended up loving what I was doing there. And so I stayed at NBC and eventually kind of made my way up from um, being the receptionist to ultimately producing pieces for Dateline NBC. I feel like that is literally the dream for an NBC receptionist to think I'm going to just to take this job here and then I'm going to move my way up. And that rarely happens, but it actually happened for you. So that's really, really awesome. You know what? It happens to so many people. So many people who get NBC news started as pages, right? You know, page from the, from the show 30 rock, if anyone's seen that, right. right. Um, <laughs> but a lot of people at NBC started as pages. And then what was really fun for me is that, I left NBC, I went to business school, I started company, I worked at CNN, all these places. And then when I came back to NBC News, I was um, the host of a show. So I was the anchor. And so that was really fun to think that I went from the receptionist to having my own show. And is that, is that the Your Business show that we're talking about? It is. That's the show that I anchored for 13 years. Yeah. So I did want to talk a little bit more about that. That's, that's kind of how I was introduced to you. Now, I'll tell you, it was on at 7.30 in the morning on Saturdays. So that wasn't a time, you know, as a, as a young college student, which, you know, I'm 10 years past that now. But while I was, you know, a young college student, I wasn't up at 7.30 a lot. But I really did enjoy it when I did, did, I did watch it. So tell us a little bit more about your business. What, uh, 
you know, the, those, those who were able to, to watch it on a more regular basis learned. <laughs> Maybe those were the days that you didn't go to sleep. Maybe I caught you at the tail end of your evening. <laughs> well, you know, I'm, I'm going to plead the fifth with that. Um, So your business was a show that focused on entrepreneurship and growing businesses, which um, now it's interesting when I look at it now, because there's a lot of media that focuses on this. At the time when we started, there was almost nobody um, as a media property and certainly nothing on television that, that was there as a resource for entrepreneurs and small business owners. And so I'm really proud of what we did, especially early on in, um, in that show. But what's crazy about it is it was meant to be a six-month job. So they called me, NBC, <laughs> MSNBC called me, asked if I wanted to anchor this show for six months. I said yes, thinking it was going to be a six-month job. I had just launched another company that I have called Good Shop. And I thought, oh, for six months, I can do these both. How fun. I get to anchor this show. That's fantastic. And it ended up being 12, 13 years. That's, that's really cool. So the one question I had too, that the times that I, I was able to, to watch, I noticed that you had a segment called, I believe it was something like, uh, like an elevator pitch or something like that, which kind of r- reminiscent of, of Shark Tank, which came first, elevator pitch or Shark Tank? You should be saying Shark Tank is reminiscent of your business. We, um, yeah, we started, uh, your business was on for many, many years before Shark Tank, but Shark Tank obviously took that one segment, you know, to a whole different level. They did a whole separate, different thing. And I love Shark Tank. I think it's so fun to watch that show. Yeah. Do they have like the, the actual clock? Do they have a certain amount of time that they're allowed to pitch? Because I thought that was the cool thing about the elevator pitch. There was actually an amount of time once, once it was, it was over, it was over. They couldn't really do a lot more uh, of their pitch. Yeah. I think they have the same thing on Shark Tank. Um, yeah, I think they do. It's fun. You know, our, our, the, the mission of, of the show, Your Business, was really to be a resource. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was, it was entertaining in that it was television and, and we wanted people to, you know, have enjoy watching it too, but it was really meant to be, you know, I am and have all been throughout this whole thing, a small business owner. It was really meant to be as like, we are here together trying to deal with the issues as we grow our businesses. Yeah. And it, it did tell, you know, the stories of, of a lot of entrepreneurs and kind of the creative things that they, they did to be successful. I think that's a really important thing right now, just because, you know, in order to survive in COVID world that we're living in, you know, a lot of entrepreneurs had to, had to find a lot of really creative ways to, to just to keep the lights on. So if, if you would, it may be really hard given that there's, there's 13 years to, to of material to think about, but, but can you kind of give us a, a few of, of the stories that you remember from entrepreneurs that I guess uh, are really uh, inspiring for, for those who are, I guess, struggling now? Oh, gosh, there are so many. I mean, all we did were, you know, one after another of inspiring stories. But the, but, but I, so the show was over, um, you know, a, a bit before what's going on right now. But we did have the show during 2008, during the recession. And so we interviewed a number of employees, I mean, of, of business owners, so many who really had to pivot and think of creative ways to keep their, lights on and, and keep their doors open. And, 
And what I found um, most heartening during this time were the businesses who had built such a great culture. I'm just thinking of this design build architecture firm in Maryland, and they had such a strong culture that when, when the recession hit, instead of firing anyone or furloughing anyone, they as a team spoke about just reducing everyone's salaries. They actually put it to a vote of what was gonna happen. Then everyone decided to reduce their salaries significantly to just keep the company afloat. And then when things turned around, they were able luckily to pay everyone back. But we heard story after story, like four companies that just had to pivot. So um, a bicycle shop, which turned into a bicycle repair shop. So they stopped selling bikes and they started only servicing bikes. And it turns out that in the end, their company was more successful than it was before. Yeah, I think that that pivot is is a big a big thing. I think there's been a lot of companies that have pivoted just into to making hand sanitizer. There's been a, a, several hand sanitizers that I picked up that I'm thinking this company does not normally make hand sanitizer. So I, th- I think that's that's a, a huge thing. And this is a kind of a a tall task to be able to answer this question. But do you have any advice for entrepreneurs such as as yourself in how to to get through these times? Um, mostly, uh, I mean, a lot of advice, but I think what you have to realize is you are not alone, right? And you should not feel any embarrassment or any shame or any of the things that, um, you may not realize that some people are feeling, but they might be right and trying to cover it up. It, especially right now, like we are in this together and, and, reach out to other people and be honest and be willing to be vulnerable sometimes. Now, look, that doesn't mean you need to tell all of your customers or all of your suppliers, all of your woes. You want to still have people believe in you and have faith in you, but it is okay to have some breakdowns and to, to get a kind of a friend advisory board or other owner advisory board around you who you can really be honest with, who can help you out. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. I think just knowing that you're not alone and, and drowning, you know, in, in all this by yourself, I, I think that's a huge thing in, in being able to to be able to pick yourself up because uh, uh, the chances are, you know, the suppliers that you're worried about being able to to pay and and the suppliers that you're worried about being able to or your your consumers, they're probably struggling just the same. So I, I think that's that's really cool. So to to pivot, yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, and I think remember that every very successful um, CEO and founder has, you know, the vast majority of them have failures littering the side of the road that they got to. And so just know that it's hard to internalize that sometimes, but it is hand. I've interviewed so many very, very, very successful people and they all have stories. Absolutely. Absolutely. So to pivot, cause I don't like to, I don't like to, to keep it too, too deep for too long. So let's talk a little bit about you being, um, you know, an author of, of two books. So you, you wrote a, a book for adults, I assume that's called it's your business and then a children's book called the startup club. So I'm interested to hear about both definitely a children's book called the startup club. Oh, thanks. That's my favorite. It's Your Business was just a compendium to the show. It was tips that I learned from all the interviews. It was basically because I was hosting this show 
while I founded and then ran my um, first business, Good Shop. Um, and so it, it was sort of all the things while I was interviewing people that I'd be like, oh, I got to take that home and tell my staff. Like, I got to go tell my team. So it was 183 of those tips. Uh, the Startup Club, I really love. It was a book for grammar school age kids, like, you know, second, third, and fourth graders about a group of kids who start a business. It's fiction, and they go through all the things, like the two co-founders end up fighting because one's working more than the other, then the mean kid in school tries to copy their idea. And anyhow, it's a really fun story, and through it, kids learn what a P&L is, what marketing is, and things like that. It's fun. That is really fun. That is, that's cool. Did, did you... Did you find a lot of, uh, I guess, what, what kind of book tour do you do for, for children's books? Did you, did you go to a lot of uh, libraries and, and teach the, these business acumen to, to children? We had a fun thing that we did. So in the book, the kids make um, these chains. These, uh, th these, they're kind of like lanyards. That's the product that they sell, CJ Chains. And so we would go into schools or events and bring the supplies so that the kids, we would talk about the book, talk about some of the lessons learned in the book, and then make the chains. That's, that's really, really cool. That's, that's awesome. So w when it comes to, you know, entrepreneurship and, and, and all these areas, I know that you, you've launched several different areas or very, or excuse me, several different businesses, a lot with your brother, Ken. Um, if, if you would tell us a little bit about those, I, I've noticed a theme. They, they all kind of start with good. If you would tell us a little bit about good search and, and the good shop platform. Um, sure. So um, good shop is a coupon site where you get the best online coupons and then every time you click through from good shop and go shopping whether you use a coupon or not a percentage of what you spend either goes back to your favorite cause or you can get cash back to yourself so we've donated mm, probably about 13 or 14 million dollars to causes through that um when will this be airing because we have something else we're launching that's very exciting but I don't know if I can say it or not yet. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, that, that's a great question. That's, I, I mean, when does it need to be airing? <laughs> Maybe in a few weeks from now. Like a few weeks from now and no later, or just has to be a few weeks from now? After a few weeks from now. Oh, that, yeah, that's not a problem. The, the issue that I'm having is these are supposed to be every other week. <laughs> And, you know, I've already got seven of them waiting. So, you know, I, and I don't want to, I don't want to tell people, you know, these are airing in four months. So, so no, a few weeks from now is not going to be a problem. All right. I will also tell you something else that's brand new that I'm very excited about, which we launched um, a new search engine. If you go to searchkibble.com and every time you do a search, you're raising kibble for Whoa. pets in need. <laughs> So it's very, very simple. It's, just, it's, it's powered by Yahoo. You get Yahoo search results. It's just like doing any other search. Um, but, but pets in need are um, being fed every time you do a search. And so this is in conjunction with the company that we have, Good Search, where every time you do a search, uh, money's been raised. And so we've already donated, I think it is, um, I got to look at the number, but something like you know, 19 million pieces of kibble. So searchkibble.com for all of you animal lovers out there. We're very, very excited about this. That is really cool. So I know people just, I mean, 
just naturally love pets and love, love their animals. Do you worry that it's going to, to cannibalize some of these other really good causes? Because people are just naturally like, I want, I want to do things for these animals. Not at all, because the beauty of this is we're not asking you for money. We're not even asking you to do anything that you don't normally do. It is just when you're going to go do a search online, go to searchkibble.com, do a regular search, whatever you're looking for, restaurants by me, iPhone, you know, your favorite book, whatever it is. And then, and then kibble is donated to animals in need. So you, do you have partners that are like agreeing with, with each search to donate kibble or how does that happen? Yeah, we have a number of partners that we're working with to, to then distribute the, um, distribute the kibble to dogs in need. That's, that's really cool. So with good, good search, really I know that, that you launched that in 2005 and you, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're working at CNN at that time. And right as you were launching it, you were also reporting from Hurricane Katrina. That had to be quite the, the crazy, the crazy time. It was. So we had the idea for Good Search. Um, and again, Good Search is, is a search engine that donates money to the cause of your choice. It's, it's like Search Kibble, but, search, but Kibble just focuses on um, animals in need. Um, so we had been working on this idea for Good Search, and then I CNN sent me down to Hurricane Katrina. And so I was literally, you know, on one phone with my producer for the piece that we were about to, you know, go on air with, and the other phone with my brother figuring out how, you know, what the website should look like to launch. But it really, it being down there, it like hardened my resolve for Good Search um, and Good Shop, which, you know, again, is... The, the parents to, to kibble because you just realize there's so many people in need, right? So many animals, so many people, the environment, et cetera. And let's redirect some of those profits from search engines and get them to these causes. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure just being down there and seeing all these people literally in need at that point, it, it really just showed you why you were doing what you were doing and, and made you realize how important it was. It did. It, it really did. And so I got home from Hurricane Katrina and then we launched it just, I don't know, God, maybe even weeks later, you know, or months, weeks or months later. Yeah. So how is it like working so closely with, with your brother? It's not really easy to say, you know, this is, this, this business partnership isn't really working. I'll see you on Thanksgiving. <laughs> No, we talk 22 times a day. And actually with Good Pods, my sister is involved in it as well. Um, oh, wow. She also has her MBA from Stanford. My nephew is involved with it. Um, so it is a, you know, then there's a whole bunch of, as I say, non-Rambergs working on it too. But we work really well together. I mean, I come from a family of many family businesses. My dad worked with his father. My brother Ken launched a company with my mom. That was really successful and so we I guess my family's just born knowing how to work together that's that's important that's important for sure so you mentioned earlier about how some you know entrepreneurs are going to to hit bumps in the road and 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 do things that aren't successful and that they just got to move on to the next idea or you know keep working on the ideal they already have so we were talking about good and how you had a lot of a lot of good things can, can you tell us about a, a few of the good things that didn't turn out, I guess, so, so good? 
Sure. So we had good search. Every time you search, a penny went to your favorite cause. Um, and then we were like, this is working so well. Let's, let's make it so you can do all kinds of things and money will go to your favorite cause. Like, I think it was good trial where you got stuff sent to you, you'd try it and then money would go to your favorite cause. Good TV ads where you would just watch a TV ad and money would go to your favorite cause. And maybe good restaurants, I think, I don't know, we had like four other ones and we launched them all and we were all very excited about it. And good shop with coupons was one of those. Um, and it, it turned out that the coupon site was really the only one that took off. And we had to kill all of those other products off one after the other, even though we were so excited about it, it just didn't have the same user adoption. And I, I assume that that's, I mean, I think that's the big thing to figure out when it is time just to kind of kill off your, your baby and, and move on to something else. I think that's probably where a lot of entrepreneurs struggle because they've worked so hard on something. They're so excited about something that they need to realize if, if you're going to be successful, you kind of have to move on because this isn't resonating with people like, like you hoped it would. You got it. And it's hard, right? Because you spend a lot of time, you might spend a lot of money, you just really care about something. And you have to know when it's time to just say goodbye that you might love it. But if your customers don't love it, then it's not going to be a business. Yeah, I've got to admit, I'm a little, I'm a little sad because I had another really uh, solid pun asking if there's any other good things in the works, but you already, you already told me that good kibbles in the works, so I wasn't <laughs> able to use that. Kibble. Search kibble. Search, Search kibble. kibble. We don't have a good in that. Yeah, we don't have uh, a good well, in that one. Search <laughs> kibble. Yeah. Well, I don't want to. I don't want to take up too much more of your time. It's really been a, a pleasure speaking with you. I did want to just to ask you how people, I, I guess, are able to to connect with with your platforms. Whether it's connect with with you, I don't know what social media that you use, but just after listening to this and think, you know, JJ seems like a a really st solid person. How can they they get involved in in what uh, what you're doing? Well, thank you very much. The first thing I would ask you is to go download the Good Pods app. Um, if you love podcasts, which you must if you're listening to this, so download Good Pods app. Follow me, follow Jackson, follow Kim Kardashian if you want. Malcolm <laughs> Gladwell, right? And and tell your friends about it. It's really it's really fun if you're a podcast listener. And then you can follow me on Twitter, JJ Ramberg, or Instagram, Facebook. You can go to jjbramberg.com. I'm all over the place. Good pods. Yeah. So it, 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 it's, it's an app. Let me, let me just get this straight. It's an app that is going to basically kind of be a, a social media platform to, to see what your friends are listening to and, you know, give you ideals on, on what you should listen to. Correct? Exactly. So for instance, I'm going to go for a walk in a little bit. I'm going to go on to Good Pods. I'm going to look at my feed, which looks like an Instagram feed, and it'll say, you know, Jenny listened to blah, 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 blah. Tom listened to blah, blah, blah. And so I will just have recommendations from my friends, depending what I'm in the mood for, I'm going to pick something because who better to get recommendations from for anything, frankly, on my case, podcasts, than your friends. And it's by episode, not just by show. Oh, by episodes. So, and I think that it's just as valuable as to add Jenny. So do you add people? Do you add people on there? Like your, your friends, is it connected to anything else? Or do, do you actually add people like any other social media platform? It's just like any other social 
media platform. So you can search for your friends who are on it and you can invite friends onto it who aren't. Gotcha. So yeah, so it's just as valuable to, to add Jenny and be like, if Jenny listened to this, I'm not interested because she listens to crazy stuff. <laughs> exactly. Don't follow Jenny. Right. <laughs> Jenny gotcha. has bad taste. <laughs> we don't like Jenny. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Well, again, I appreciate it. I don't want to take away from, from your walk today. I don't know what time it is there, but, but uh, it's 10 o'clock here. So you, you must either do late walks or, or you're somewhere that's, that's a little bit earlier. I am on the West Coast. And so, yeah, I'm going to go on a quick walk and then go have dinner. But I appreciate you inviting me onto your show, Jackson. It was so nice to meet you. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time. And that was J.J. Ramberg. Really happy she came on today. Great, great guest. Um, go download Good Pods. It's an amazing thing. It allows you to follow you know, your friends and see exactly what they're listening to. It's, it's hard to find a good podcast, so the easiest way is to see, hey, you know, my friend likes this. I must like it. Or, hey, my friend likes really strange things, so I'm going to stay away from this podcast. You know, I joked with her about that. But, but obviously, you know, getting recommendations is, is what we're all about. And, and being able to get a recommendation for a podcast is a really, really cool thing. I hope you've got friends that are recommending you listen to this one. Um, but if not, I hope you're recommending your friends. But <laughs> I really had JJ on for you know this talking about some of her other ventures in the the good shop realm and the kibble realm <laughs> but i had her on to talk about her journey in journalism it was really really interesting to hear how she went from english major to producer to journalist and her show on msnbc and and the stops in between i wasn't kidding when i said i i did uh, watch it even though it was on early in the morning. It was extremely interesting to hear from entrepreneurs all over the over the country. Uh, it was just a, a really interesting thing to, to hear the stories of, of how entrepreneurs were successful and sometimes when they weren't and, and how they, they got themselves out of that. Um, so really interesting to hear her journey. I'm so glad that she joined us. Let's just uh, end it there, and, and thanks again for listening. I hope you come back next time. Chris, take it away. This has been Not in a Huff with Jackson Huff. Thank you for listening. Be sure to join us next time, where we will interview another amazing guest who is sure to make you laugh or make you think, or, hey, maybe even both. But until then, keep being awesome. <laughs>